0: It is a sport as old as man itself. From the ancient Greeks to the British Empire, all the way to the Gracie family, men and women have partaken in this art of combat with the promise of honor and glory in mind. Now, WFUV Sports will bring you into that realm with in-depth analysis and opinions on the goings on in the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. This is the WFUV Sports Pound for Pound Podcast. And it has finally happened. Crazy to think that after all this time counting down, the event actually is over. This is the Pound for Pound UFC 205 Recap Mm -hmm. Show on this Monday, November the 14th, 2016. I'm James Cargan. Alongside me... Is Mr. Matt Breen? How you doing, James? Prodigal Son. I'm doing very well. First thing I want to ask James is: you
1: were the one there. How was it? How was the atmosphere? How was the environment? What was it like? It it
0: was it was unbelievable. It was everything that we had dreamed and hoped for. It was it completely lived up to the hype. There it, it was no there was no doubt about that. It lived up to the hype. The atmosphere, the crowd was just bonkers. It was absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. When Connor knocked out Eddie Alvarez, and we're going to get to recapping the fights, of course, and looking ahead to what's next, when Connor knocked out Eddie Alvarez, that was the loudest crowd reaction that I have ever heard in my entire life. Ever. Oh, I'm sure. Crowd must have gotten... And- it's especially in the
1: post fight press conference and the not the pe- press conference, the Octagon interview. Apologize to no
0: one. No one. And I mean By the way, all the, there were so many Irish people there. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. They showed the crowd
1: shots so many Irish flags over people's shoulders.
0: Quick story. I'm on the line for the bathroom and everybody's like and all these irish guys are there. hey where are you from oh i'm from mayo mayo i've been there before you know it's it was Coming a par- it rows. was a party time mm-hmm. i took an uber after the fight with an irish guy really it, it's just it was just yeah they they flocked to new york just as they had flocked to las vegas so many times to watch their hero fight and fight for their country and he is their hero and boy did he deliver now let's uh, more, more than I I mean I thought Connor was going to win but I mean this was this was more a... than anyone could have imagined now let's let's get to the main card fights first of all let's get to let's talk about the prelims really quick um a great a great knockout by the way for Tim Boach. Mm-hmm. when he crushed uh Natal that was a great moment that was an, that was impressive by Bosch. uh Khabib just destroyed michael Johnson he was screaming. Think about this this is how confident talk about confidence talk about screaming at Dana White not after the fight during the fight Habib kabib Habib was on top of Johnson, pounding him. And screaming at Dana White at the same time, I want my title shot. <laughs> That's was, what you know. He made sure Dana knew, and, and especially
1: in the post-fight, he made sure Dana knew. Khabib, <laughs> I mean, people think maybe it's Ferguson, but at least in my opinion, I think Khabib does deserve that lightweight
0: uh, I'll shot. give my take on the lightweight title picture um, when we get to the Conor McGregor fight. All right. uh, Frankie Edgar... That was a, I thought
1: that was an impressive by Frankie. He really, really dominated Stevens on the floor. He sure did, his, and
0: Stevens is just his good wrestling. You know, Stevens is the bigger man, more but knockout Frankie, power. Stevens the bigger, stronger man, and Frankie just took him down. Yeah, he just that cut I was him impressed down to size.
1: by by Frankie was his movement. Yeah, it seems like Jeremy was just a little was
0: stiffer than him. Frankie's footwork, he was just running, dancing circles around him. He was, and Stevens just had no answer. And you gotta love it. In the UFC when the smaller guy just picks the bigger guy apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Frankie Edgar has got so much experience. The most time ever in the octagon. Imagine spending two seconds in the octagon. And imagine spending over six total hours that, <laughs> in that the octagon. I, can, I can't imagine. Me or you couldn't imagine spending five seconds in there with any of them. And oh, six. The hours. best moment of that fight was, if you recall... The first UFC press conference, the U, first UFC 205 press conference, mm-hmm. which I attended, Jeremy Stevens was talking about how he's going to win and how he's going to fight Connor after. And um, then McGregor went, Who who the hell is this guy? He says, <laughs> who, who the F is that guy? And of course, the crowd goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So during the Edgar fight, the Irish fans of the crowd. Were they chanting that? Who the F is that guy? Who the F is that guy? It's, it's just brilliant.
1: I mean, it's brilliant M- McGregor's press conferences. You're always going to get complete
0: gold from them. no well, matter the what. Just the fans just <laughs> chanting that was just everything about everything. That's great about the Irish fans. It, and it, this is in every sport, too. Every time they play a home match in soccer. Mm-hmm. I remember last year when they beat Germany at home in soccer. That was just an unbelievable. Oh, so much na- like scene,
1: so much national pride. And funny thing, before they actually went out. When Connor went out in his uh, Irish flag, he was actually yelling at Eddie for not wearing an American flag, saying like, "Oh, what? You don't have pride in your country, huh? Like, you're not you're not going out in your flag. I am." So,
0: <laughs> of course he did. So the main card: Misha Tate and Rocky Raquel Pennington. Mm-hmm. This was just uh, Pennington just put a hurtin. Mm-hmm. On Misha. I mean, she, Pennington really, really showed Misha that she just couldn't keep up with her stand-up. Pennington was just too good on the ground. She was, and Misha couldn't get her down. And
1: interesting, I actually forgot about that. Almost that Misha Tate coached Pennington. Yeah, actually, on the, fu- the Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate mm-hmm. Fighter.
0: Yeah, and the teacher. You know what? It's uh. It's like in the. It's like the Sith Lords in Star Wars. The Sith Lord, uh, teaches the pat the their protege, and then the protégé ends up, up knocking off the master and becomes the master. Mm-hmm. So, sorry about that random Star <laughs> Wars reference there. Um, but always yeah, that was like a Star Wars reference, James. That's that's what this fight was like. Misha couldn't mm-hmm. keep up with her. She was just getting rocked. And after the fight, she retired in mm-hmm. the octagon, which shocked all of us. This I shocked mean, all of us.
1: It wasn't. I don't think it was completely shocking because I think people could kind of tell Tate's time was running out. But she
0: was just the world champion.
1: She she was just the world champion. She still was the coming to this fight. She was the number, the number one one ranked contender. Number one ranked contender. So that is surprising to retire when you're still like kind
0: of on top. But but you know when you lose like that, mm-hmm. it's like Uriah Faber. When he lost to Jimmy Rivera in the fashion that he did, he saw. He knew. He knew that you know what. I'm not going to be able to contend anymore. Let me get out of the way while I still have my pride. And now he's going to be fighting his last bout in December. So Misha Tate felt the same way. And what better place to to go out Mm -hmm. than at the biggest event in mixed martial arts history. She got a very nice I was about to say, she got a very nice reaction from the crowd, deservedly so. Yeah, she's got the most bet. she has the most... Women's bantamweight victories in UFC and strike force history, mm-hmm. held the belts in both, in uh, both promotions. Took Rousey to the third round. She had that the epic two fights with Rousey. Yes, and yes. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's such an unbelievable career. Misha Tate, a pioneer for the sport. Uh, for 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 the women's
1: bantamweight division, absolutely. She huge for that division, helping build it up. And what would about what? I don't want to say what better way to go off because she did lose the fight, but to go off in UFC 205, biggest card in history, was
0: was cool, and it was I was
1: very happy that she did get a very good reaction from the crowd.
0: It was so. Next we had boy, Chris Weidman, man, Oof, that oh, was that was goodness. one of the
1: most brutal knockouts I have ever seen.
0: Now you knew I mean, before during our preview. During our pound for pound preview last week, when we had Matt Hughes on the show, mm-hmm. I was questioning whether or not the Soldier of God, Yoel Romero, would be the same fighter now that he is presumably no longer taking steroids. I mean,
1: remember Weidman did say he doesn't think he is, wasn't sure he was off them.
0: Yeah, but the, I an- mean- the answer to the question is of if he is the same fighter is a resounding yeah. yes. I was surprised at how good he was on the. Gr- he dominated Weidman on the ground. You know, I think they split the first two rounds. First of all, let's talk about the moment for Chris Weidman when Chris Weidman walked out of the tunnel and into Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That was a moment. Oh, he that, that was a great. He was the hometown. guy there, certainly. The cheers for him. He paused. He took it all in. Mm-hmm. I was worried a little bit that that would be. You know, too much to overcome that moment would be so much so that, uh, that it would overshadow the fight mm. itself. But then Wyman sort of quieted that doubt for me uh, by taking Romero down and winning the first round. Mm-hmm. And then the second round, Romero really showed up thought his, like, wrestling, too. I mean, you know, Romero, y- you know, he's such a powerful guy. You don't—he s- he doesn't wrestle— as much as other wrestlers do, even though he's a silver medalist, he's also a Brazilian
1: Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I mean, silver medalist in in the Olympics. I mean, this guy
0: can. Who, who do you think can out? Like, who can out wrestle no, this guy? Nobody. I, I think the and only maybe Chris Weidman and that's he, what I thought too. So the second round, Yoel takes Chris Weidman down. Have you ever has Chris Weidman ever been taken down in the octagon? I'm oh, he sure. was taken. I mean. I think Rockhold, Rockhold had him on top, but I'm not
1: sure if he was taken down. I think it might have been Weidman that took Rockhold down, I mean, we can check that. But yeah, I'm not sure if so, Weidman's ever been
0: brought down. I mean, I don't recall, I don't recall seeing Chris Weidman on the ground too much. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, you, I, he you, was you're... on the ground in in the Rockhold fight, but not. But Romero took him down. He he didn't spend too much time on top. No, Ramirez. It was just enough back to, to the take. Pot, yeah. It was just enough to take the second round. So first two rounds were even. Not a lot of big shots were thrown mm-hmm. in either round. It was sort of a chess match. Why, uh, Ro- Yoel was wary of Weidman's ground and pound, so he really did. He really was tight. He much more tighter mm-hmm. in this. Fight. You did mention that he he tends tend to get loose. It was a lot tighter in this fight down. than he has been in the past, just because he knows that if Weidman gets him down, he his ground and pound. You know, it's gonna put you down. Mm-hmm. You know, ask Leoto and Vitor Belfort that.
1: So, I mean, who is I mean, Weinman considering has maybe some of the best bound, uh, ground, and pound. ground and pound in the uh, middleweight division.
0: And so. Weinman was wary of Yoel's power. Mm-hmm. And you could also ask Lyoto Machida that because yeah, the, I mean, when he knocked out Lyoto Machida, that was scary. Yeah, it was a scary knockout legitimately i 'd say, well, this one was even scarier, so third round comes, and Yoel
1: just caught him leaning when when i when I was first watching it i didn 't actually see the knee i didn 't either
0: from i was watching it, it I was, was watching a,
1: on the chase bridge i mean I was watching from the from my t v obviously, but when it, when he first hit him it didn 't seem like he he need him that hard in the head. It just seems like he kind of brought him to the ground, but then when Wyman flipped over, you could just see the blood gushing
0: yeah that I, was from the scary. naked eye. It was just so fast. It was so fast that it was just that also surprised me about
1: Romero. How quick he was, especially on the ground. There was one or two times in the fight when Romero was on the ground and Romero's or when Weidman was on the ground and Romero's transitions were just so lightning quick. Yes, I mean you don't think a guy that big and muscular can move like that, but
0: you know, uh, undeserving deserving of sharing performance of the night with Connor for. That knockout alone—I mean, that was just a vicious, mm-hmm. vicious knee. I mean, and it's hard to not
1: give it to, yeah, to Connor, but I mean, they both had—they both got their bonus. I, mean, I think the fight of the night
0: was personally—and we'll get to that—the next and one. All the stuff got that to went to, into Thompson. it, Thompson. <laughs> so I mean, and why and you had to feel for Weidman, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was tough because you know I'm a Jersey guy. I love the try. I love Madison Square Garden. I mean, I'm a Long Island guy. So, so obviously. I love Chris Weidman. He's just a stand-up guy. He's a great, great fighter. He's done so much for the sport. He I, was pivotal I, in getting it to MSG. I Weidman. was friend of the show, of mm-hmm. course. Good friend of pound for pound. And um, you know we can't be biased in the media, but I was rooting for him. It was it was tough. It was a tough even, one. But even, Yoel, if you
1: even if you weren't rooting for Wyman, watching that was tough. I mean, Wyman really seemed shaken up and hurt badly after that.
0: But you know what? Yoel was just too much, and now he's going to get the title shot, and he deserves it. Another thing that's impressive, Romero's 39. He Romero is no a lot of... spry chicken. He's he's almost 40. Well, he's a young 40. A lot of guys, when, when you don't have – because Yoel spent a lot of time wrestling – Mhm. You know, obviously he was an Olympian. He was in Cuba, so I'm not even sure how much mixed martial arts right. he was even doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, so he he hasn't really taken po- that much punishment. That's the that's the thing. You know, when you've got a guy like Dan Henderson and, and has Romero's he, only ever been not Romero ever been knocked out. I'm not sure, but Romero ha- came into the fight twelve and one only 13 career fights. So he sort in of a, he's a young a young 39. When you don't take as much punishment like that's true. you know, Dan the guy like Dan Henderson, Henderson or something yeah. when he's got a zillion fights under his belt. Yoel's 39, but his body his body is younger and he's still just as ripped now as he okay, was Herrera when been he was taken
1: once in a strike force by uh mm-hmm. Raphael Cavallaro. Cavalcante. So
0: yeah, but he's crushed everybody. He's won since, all of his coming fights. since the UFC. He has he has won has all, been all of his dominant. fights in the UFC, of course, beating Jacare and now beating mm-hmm. Chris Wybin, earning his shot at Michael Bisping, and of course they had their spat. Interesting. Uh, Dana White did say that that is the it's the, the only fight one that, that makes, makes sense. sense. It's the only one that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's also funny that Joel uh, Romero needs a translator in the octagon, despite the fact that he speaks English and. But I, was from, th- I thought my favorite
1: part of that was the Romero Bisping uh, encounter yeah. after the fight. He said, "I love Bizping you, Michael." Bisping standing up there, just smiling and flipping him the bird. Yep, <laughs> very funny,
0: Cla- very classic Michael Bisping. So, too, it's too bad for Chris Weidman. If Chris Weidman had won that fight, by the way, t- UFC 209 in Brooklyn. In February, of course, we mm-hmm. will be all over that one. Uh, just are, as we were all over this one, we're all going to try and get to it. If Chris Weidman had won last uh, the other night, it would have been perfect. The main event would have been set. Uh, Bisping Bizp- uh, in Weidman- Weidman's home, two hundred nine area of Long Island mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, it would have been easy. Chris Weidman versus Michael Bisping for the championship and main event seal
1: delivered. Would have been huge.
0: But I assume. What, what do you think is best
1: for Wideman? What do you think is next for Weidman now? 209. In terms of opponents. Jeez. I don't know. Maybe if Rockhold is is really injured, could you see Jacques Array? That would
0: probably th- I that could, could happen. definitely see that if if Luke Rockhold really is that injured. I I could absolutely see I mean, maybe
1: Musasi? Maybe Who
0: knows? That works too, you know? Maybe if, if Chris Mus- Wyman. Say Musasi
1: has a dominant victory over Hall. Musasi did say he thinks he's about a better Hall? striker. I mean, if, if Hall can beat
0: Musasi. You know, maybe Chris Wyman. Maybe we'll see. I think Chris Wyman needs a fight that he is is a clear favorite to win. Just get his confidence. He's gotten to get his, to get his confidence now. Losing two in a row. You can't lose three in a row. So, yeah. And he's obviously faced the best. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see Chris Weidman maybe take I mean, a that slight is... sit depth down in competition. Maybe not just go after Array now. Maybe climb the ladder a little bit. And get a victory at his home arena in the and Barclays Hopefully, Center. hopefully work back up to, to get a title shot. Get yeah. one or two more fights under his belt. Get his confidence back. Yeah. Two or three more. And, mm-hmm. and he... He's right there again. So that was that fight. Uh, Yoel Romero is the deserving number one contender mm-hmm. for Agreed. the championship of the world. And now the women's strawweight title fight. Joanna also, Zir- also Zir- an excellent fight. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. They, that one got a standing uh, O from and the and crowd.
1: And Karoli, Carolina uh, Kovalkovich really
0: won over that crowd. Yeah. Joanna your Karolina Carolina Kovalkovich. Carolina, you know what? I was impressed at her. The thing I was impressed at was her poise.
1: She just stood against the octagon. Joanna was staring her down, yelling at her. She was just sitting there kind of smirking. She really did not seem phased at all going into that fight.
0: You know what? A lot of times, and you you see this in boxing more than you see it in mixed martial arts. When a a dominant fighter faces a guy that he's supposed to knock out, Mm -hmm. and the guy that he's supposed to knock out Winds up making a battle of it. The loser comes away from the fight with the stock being higher. I thought of, I sort of thought of that when Gennady Golovkin faced Amir Khan. Okay, exactly. No, excuse me. Faced uh, Kel Brook, not Kel Amir Brooke? Khan. When Gennady Golovkin faced Kel Brook, you know Kel might have been winning that fight before he broke his orbital bone. So, and he was frustrating Golovkin, and everybody thought that that Brooke would be killed, so that was sort of the case there and I thought this was absolutely the case for carolina you know when she I thought she was gonna get crushed. I didn't think she was gonna get crushed. I thought she
1: could at least stand her own but i I didn't certainly didn't see the fight going like that joanna was i mean in the first few in the first few rounds, I thought like okay, Joanna's just gonna kind of win this easily but Carolina really showed heart, came back in some of the later rounds, kept up with Joanna, showed good cardio. I was very impressed. Joanna was a minus 400 favorite. I think I think the biggest the difference between them was their movement. Carolina yes. did seem stiff at times and I think Joanna's movement was much better around the ring, but besides that Carolina really
0: really impressed. What a chin she has, too. Exactly. She did not get hurt once. In that fight, she never wobbled. Mm-hmm. She she never backed up. She just stayed in the pocket, and she wound up hurting Joanna in the fourth round and came close to getting the finish. If that was, if that got to that, would have oh, been that would have been incredible, craziest one of the biggest upsets that would have seen. that would
1: have been a Rousey home esque upset. That would have been an
0: unbelievable upset. So, Cole Kavich, K uh. Came out of the
1: fight. And and the the other big thing I saw, fans. also another fan she won was Joanna. Oh, Joanna yeah. was trash-talking her, say, like, saying, like, forget your dreams. They're all over. She was really all over her. But at the end, she really, really showed her respect. And you could definitely see the respect between them two after the fight. So Carolina
0: definitely won fans over. And now people want to see her she won, fight again. I, I'm a fan of her now too, so Absolutely. she won me over. Yes, so I want to see her fight again. Hundred percent. The UFC fans want to see her fight again. And you know what? Aside from beating, aside from winning the title itself, that's the best case scenario for for Carolina. Agreed. Great performance from Joanna. Great fight itself. Joanna did win the fight pretty decisively. I I I thought definitely Joanna
1: won the fight, but. Carolina really showed showed guts and heart in that fight,
0: but that was that was no squash match, to to say the least. And they got a deserving standing ovation mm-hmm. from the Garden crowd. And of course, the one fight that topped it on the night was and the, the co-main one. event of the evening with if, Tyron if, Woodley. If you want to talk about heart,
1: I think maybe more heart than. We saw of anyone that night was Steven Thompson.
0: How, how did he survive? How did he survive? survive? We we we're, we're on the save wing. That's that's wing. all
1: you can that's the only thing you can say. How did he Matt and he I not, That guillotine this. all those punches he oh, took. That guillotine. That guillotine was nasty. Was tight. That was nasty. And you you see how big uh Woodley's arms are. Woodley is, was oh. clearly stronger than Thompson on the floor. The fact that Thompson Stood in there through that, and the crowd after Thompson got out that was awesome. I thought
0: he, he was cooked.
1: <sighs> and especially, he was in that 18 after taking a couple big shots from Woodley, too. The fact that he stood in there was nothing short of and it, had, it was all heart, is what it was, in my opinion. He that was his heart kept
0: him in that fight. And, and the referee for the fight, Dan Mergliata. How did he not stop that fight? I I thought he was going to stop it he before he was going the guillotine, to stop it.
1: Almost. And then he, I mean, you could see Murghiata was staring at him, making sure, but I mean, what's his name? Thompson was still moving around in that guillotine trying to get out. I mean, it was incredible. So I'm, I'm, the most ex- fight I'm excited for next is Woodley Thompson, too. Let's talk about the previous rounds. I want to see Woodley
0: Thompson, too. Let's talk about the previous rounds. You know, I thought Woodley. And Thompson probably split the first two. Mm -hmm. Most, and the third round, a lot lot of people had the third for for Thompson. I'm not so sure about
1: that. I can see that one going either way, but. That was a really close fight. I might give that one to Thompson as well. Most. I mean, on the ground, Thompson clearly had a lot of. Struggle with Tyron, but most but on the floor, uh, on the in stand up,
0: he really used his range well, and I thought he did that well in the third round. I'm too. gonna have to re watch this fight because most ringside octagon side pundits had it three rounds for two to two for Wonder Boy, mm-hmm. but with a 10 8 round for Tyron Woodley. Yeah, Chris Weidman said in the post fight presser, Chris Weidman and Thompson both took the stage together in the post fight presser. Chris Wybin said something that I was sort of saying at the time. How could the f- how could the round, the 4th round have been a 10-8 round if Steven Thompson wound up on top for basically the last minute of the fight? I mean that that is a good point. Like Steven Thompson he was He was
1: on top. Steven Thompson was essentially down for the count and somehow at the end of that he was on top ground and pounding Woodley. He exactly so. He took the shot. He took the bombs. That's very reminiscent. He took the submission. That reminds me of the Henderson Bisping fight yes. when Bisping dominated the whole round, but then Hendo just got that big, uh, yeah, the big overhand, the big overhand at the end. I mean, Woodley dominated that round, but I I, I would actually give that one actually as a ten nine. I could have seen that go either way. The fact that I mean you know I Thompson's resistance and then after all of that two end up on top that
0: that i think that does play play big into it yeah it's it's that's a tough decision man it really is because at the end of the day nope, the, the that round was defined by tyron but of course wonderboy ends up on top did he do t- that much on the ground not really he wound up on the ground after he escaped it's not like he got the takedown mm mm-hmm. mhm so There's I can see that going ten eight.
1: Arguing I can see that going ten eight. I can I can honestly see both. The one reason I I can see ten eight too is that people ringside the excitement of Woodley surviv or not of Woodley, of Thompson surviving and getting back on top was probably enough that people wouldn't give that a ten eight, you know? Yeah. But <sighs> I mean, but Woodley you can't deny that Woodley did completely dominate that round. And how about Thompson?
0: coming back and
1: winning the fifth. That should—I imp- mean, his cardio I did think was better than Tyron heading in. Um, And I think Tyron really gassed himself in that fourth. He, that, I mean, he did. To hold that guillotine for so long probably took a lot out of him. He did. So let's talk about the t- the decision itself. Oh, that was— Because
0: this was one— I mean, I felt bad for Tyron. I mean— but So, to set the scene, from my vantage point, on the Chase Bridge, mm-hmm. the veteran voice of the Octagon, Bruce Buffer, who we all love, mm-hmm. he does his normal shtick. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. He looks down at the judges' scorecard, and he stops, and he storms out of the Octagon. Right. He made a beeline... He went. Oh, uh, the judge! Apparently, someone called him back. Actually, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I wonder how that looked on TV, because obviously I was there live. I'm not sure exactly how that, how it was handled he, he on TV. He came in. He,
1: he came in, and they, what's it called? The who was the ref of that fight? The that ref was, was Dan Mergliotti. Mergliotti. So Mergliotti went up next to them, and then Buffer ran away, and I forget who said it, but apparently someone called Buffer back to the judge's scorecard because there was yeah. some confusion. Yeah, and and he was he it looked like he was argu- not arguing but it was ta- he was talking with the refs or and when they can when they put the camera back on him or with the judges um and then when he walked back and we know what happened next 4747 so, 47. Oh, oh boy so interestingly enough 4747 47, and then
0: what was the last one 4847 so here's what happens who so he makes the beeline line to the judges to the judge he Asks the judge a question, and he's still, and he was rushing. He looked like he was not happy. Mm -hmm. So he leaves the octagon. So he He's walking back to the octagon. He looks back at the judge. He goes to his mic and he says the word "still." He goes still. Maybe that was a tip off that Tyron Woodley would be would still be the champion. I'm not sure. If that, wa- if that was... I mean, if it is a majority draw, I mean,
1: Woodley does get to cheap, keep the, the title. He still is the champion, despite it being a majority draw. Yes,
0: yeah, so... He goes into the octagon, and of course... He, the judges score cards for the decision. Refer, the judge scores the contest. 47-47. 47-47. And 48-47 for the winner by split decision! And still Oh that was painful. And I said it I barely even
1: realized it at the time. And I we he, all knew. And then when Joe Rogan came back and they reannounced it, you're thinking, wait a minute. That is a majority draw. So that's not a,
0: that's not a majority win or that's not a split, a split decision. decision win. We all so at Media Row, we all knew. I said it right away. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a majority draw. And of course you don't really get this too much in UFC. I mean Because w- there's Woodley almost and, no draws. Woodley and, and Thompson didn't even realize. So of course they take so of course Bruce Buffer reverses his decision. Mass confusion in the octagon. Tyron Woodley looked like he was about to punch someone if someone was about to him. Tyron was worried. <laughs> and here's my take. And this was what Dana White also said. I said this at the time and Dana White also said it afterwards. Could you imagine if that one scorecard had gone to Stephen Thompson? If even I mean, if he had called Woodley Could in the Could you imagine if they had? If Bruce Buffer had declared the winner and new champion, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. We're gonna have to get Steve Harvey in the ring to announce then. If exactly. That. <laughs> exactly, and I tweeted at the time. You know, I, I tweeted at the time Bruce Buffer just pulled a Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. So. I
1: mean, Woodley was Woodley was clearly very upset after that. If they had given the round, taken away
0: his his belt, that If they had given the round to Thompson, then they would have given him the belt and had to take it from him when they realized that it was a draw. Mm -hmm. I had no problem with the decision itself. I had it three two. I had it for Woodley. A lot of people had it for Thompson. That was a legitimate draw. I think they should fight again.
1: Oh, they! Uh, I, I mean, they're all talking about it. Uh, who doesn't? Who draw, doesn't want to see Wonder Boy versus?
0: When you draw against the champion, Woodley too. Come on. When you draw against the champion, you should fight him again. That's that should be clearly. Yeah, do you think that it should be instant rematch? Yes. Woodley Thompson. Yes. When you, I can agree with that. But, I tweeted also at the time. Of course, the crowd is yelling boo. Uh, I was wondering if they were saying "boo" or "Bruce," <laughs> <laughs> maybe both, maybe both. <laughs> so that that was a debacle, but the main event of the evening was a moment that, oh, that was just... I will never forget. Conor McGregor coming out to the foggy dew. It, that entrance. I mean, w- when you hear that
1: song, the everyone gets a, a little tingle. I'm sure everyone got tingly it's in that. The hair
0: is just going up on your spine. You know, he just chills, and he came out, out to the staring into do. that camera. So, it was, this was just a pounding, man. I mean, he, he put on Eddie as a, Alvarez, this was as
1: impressive of a McGregor performance as I've ever seen.
0: Eddie Alvarez has no business being in the octagon with Conor McGregor. I mean, Eddie Alvarez is a world-class fighter. Eddie Alvarez has no business being in the same arena as Conor McGregor. Eddie, Eddie Alvarez this is, the is a champion world-class of the world.
1: fighter. But he made Alvarez look like an he made Alvarez look like an amateur. This
0: is the champion of the world we're talking Although about. Although, can I say
1: something? What? That fight was over before they got in the ring. Uh, yeah. That fight was over before they got in the ring. I, I thought think the fight was everyone over. Everyone was
0: saying it, but it was clear McGregor was in his head. You know, McGregor. I thought it was over the second when McGregor landed his first shot. When, when McGregor he, landed. First of all, McGregor knocks him down with the first punch of the fight. I mean, as soon as he got that first knockdown,
1: you felt like done. Oh, this is it was done, and by the way, yeah, the step back, the step back left hands were just too much, for Eddie. How
0: about this, Eddie Alvarez? And I wanted to ask Eddie this after the fight, but he was he uh, did not go into the press conference. He did not speak at the press conference. Mm-hmm. Eddie had said that Connor's takedown defense is quote horrendous, and yet Connor stuffed all four of Eddie's takedowns. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant. Display of takedown Nate, defense. Nate
1: Diaz versus McGregor, too. McGregor's uh, takedown defense was fantastic in that if fight.
0: Connor, it Con- that was the weak spot of Connor's game. That has been in the past. Chad Mendez took him down mm-hmm. several times in their fight. If Connor has the takedown defense, who's going to beat him? Standing up. Who's going to uh, beat uh, him who if they a, can't take him down? Who has a better left hand
1: in, in the UFC than Nobody. McGregor? Right Nobody. No one can. No- He's he's been shown that no one except
0: Nate Diaz can take that left hand. <sighs> My God, and, and it was just a cr- and just every minute of that fight before the knockdown, before the knockout was just— when he got that second knockdown and that third knockdown, It
1: was you knew after that first round. It was and over. it was just par- and in the whole fight it was party time. Mm-hmm. We all, the, everybody knew. Oh, and then when McGregor started putting his hands behind his back oh. and the crowd and that fight was. That fight was over before it even went in the octagon. When he, knocked him out,
0: when he knocked him out, that was the loudest crowd reaction I've ever heard in my entire life. They just cheered. They cheered like Ireland had won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they basically did. They they did. First I mean the first two time
1: UFC two division champion. Champion of the, the world. At the same time. At the same time. <sighs> Alright, James, a question Do you think do you think Dana White's gonna
0: make him give up one of the belts? Here is my take. First of all, we all know what Connor said after the fight. Mm-hmm. Connor says that he wants an ownership stake in the UFC and he wants his fair share. He, he still wants
1: to. He said he hasn't really talked to the new owners at all. So he says he wants to have a meeting with them. He if, said he wants more than just a fight night paycheck.
0: If uh, first of all, he ain't getting a, he, He's not getting fight night paychecks. Fight night paycheck. He's the highest paid UFC. St- He's the highest paid star in the UFC by far. By, far. by a factor of a hundred. He ain't getting fight night paychecks, that's for sure. But if I'm the owners of the UFC, anything he wants, I'm giving it to him. Anything. This is your company. This is it. Conor says that he is worth all $4.2 billion. And I agree, he's like LeBron on the Cavs. This this is their cash cow. This is what will make or break the UFC going forward. Ronda Rousey, she lost her championship. John Jones doing drugs. Anderson Silva, old and doing drugs. <laughs> Brock Lesnar doing all kinds of drugs. And uh, McGregor is. <laughs>
1: I mean obviously, I mean obviously he's special. Obviously he's special. First of all there's a pattern there. But for for someone to do what he's done and the time he's done, to lose to to Nate Diaz and then come back and then to come back and, and win this fight, now he's apparently gonna go after Woodley, like I mean this guy is just he MMA is the fastest growing sport or one of.
0: And right now it's it's thanks to Conor McGregor. So here's after the ownership stake, which he deserves. Here, if I'm Dana White, I look at Connor and say, Connor, you could defend these belts. You could keep both of them, but you have to stay active. You cannot take time off if you're going to defend both belts. You can take time off if you're going to defend one. I would agree. I mean, I mean, you have if you're a two division champion at the same time. You have a responsibility to yourself, to the company, to the other fighters on the roster. You have a responsibility to defend these belts, to mm-hmm. justify your spot on top. Connor has fought four times in less than 12 months. He is the most active UFC and boxing fighter on the planet. Nobody has fought t- four times in 12 months. Since maybe Gennady Golovkin maybe did that a couple times mm. against Scrubs, but he's fighting for the championship of the world, and fighting four times he has to keep that pace up. He has to keep that pace up if he wants to defend both. I would I would agree with that. He he can't. I mean, this is going to be kind of tough
1: though because of course. his girlfriend is pregnant now.
0: Yeah, he's having a he's, he's having obviously going to
1: want to take time off. I think, I think as of now he'll be allowed to keep two belts but in the few I think he has to defend lightweight uh, he's not make, lightweight but featherweight he still hasn't defend that
0: so much money on these fights it's just unbelievable his last payout against Diaz was like three million I think it was three he got three million plus points on the pay-per-view buys mm-hmm. and this one I expect to be the Euro. same and this will be the Even biggest this will be the biggest pay-per-view in UFC biggest history biggest pay-per-view biggest gate easily so, in terms of the title picture, I'm di- I- I'm biased. I want to see him return to New York. Now that Chris Weidman's out of the picture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I say UFC 209, Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo 2. But that all depends on Jose Aldo. Trust me, the Jose when Al- they offer him the check that he's going to get for that fight— he is not going. Oh, he is going to stop taking a stand rather quickly. Uh, I w- yes. He's going to give he up his is, soccer dreams instantly. Yes, if I think when he when you put him in the cage against McGregor in New York, all bets are off. All bets are off. So I am now that the Wyman fight is off is because of his loss. I would put that at the main event of UFC 209. On that same card. I would put Khabib Nurmagomedov against El Kukui Tony Ferguson to fight for the number one contendership oh, for the lightweight championship of the world. After that, during the summer, I would have Conor face the winner of that fight in Croke Park in Dublin, Ireland. They've been talking about that venue for a long time. Ever since Connor defeated if Jose. Connor, if
1: Connor had a, a Connor Habib
0: fight in Dublin, would be a nuts. Connor anybody fight. The same goes for Tony Ferguson. Clark Park holds over 80,000 people. I, I, Habib just brings a little bit more hype. This would be the uh, biggest fight in UFC. This would be the biggest moment in UFC history mm-hmm. if they would get a fight in front of 80,000 people. In Croke Park in Dublin, Ireland. With McGregor. With Conor McGregor. Through the foggy dew playing in that stadium. I've been to Croke would Park. would be insane. I have been to Croke Park. It is an unbelievable venue. And this is an opportunity that the UFC cannot miss. They have to cash in. They have to. So, with that. I mean, McGregor is the future of this sport. And I don't think you can deny that. No. No, he has a chance to become the Muhammad Ali of mixed martial arts. I, I, I You could argue that he's the greatest
1: promoter of fights. The Ever. greatest entertainer since Ali. Ever. Yeah,
0: yeah, since Ali. So, with that, that will wrap it up for our recap of UFC 205. What a ride it's been.
1: I mean, it's been so exciting coming up to it. I feel like we're not going to have anything to talk about now. We'll, we'll have plenty to talk about. Six coming up, we'll have a lot
0: to talk about, though. We have plenty to talk about. Our next show will be this week with wow! We preview... But wow, did UFC 205 live up to expectations and some? Rarely does it ever live up to the hype. But this one, absolutely, lived up to everything and more. So, this week, we will have our preview of Sergei the Crusher Kovalev taking on Andre Ward, a legitimate boxing super fight. Mm-hmm. First one we've seen in a little while. It, it, it rarely do we see a, a, a legitimate super fight in boxing, but now we get it. So we will have the preview for that coming up. And for everybody that's followed along, for everybody that's that's listened to us throughout our countdown to UFC 205, thank you, and we look to bring you even more in the future. Because that's the great thing about combat sports. There is no off-season. There is no off-season, absolutely exactly. no off-season. And with that, we say goodbye to everybody now. UFC 206 is right around the corner. That is a stacked card as DC well. Receivers rumble. Um um 20, 206 I
1: mean it's it's hard to find something to be excited about after 205 but 206 is stacked as me and James were talking about it before the show we are both very excited for 206
0: So for my good partner Matt Breen my name is James Cargan for everybody here at the WFUV Sports Pound for Pound podcast we bid you all adieu and we say thank you to the UFC for an unbelievable UFC 205